What's going on, y'all? Jason here. We are back within the huddle. Uh, tonight, we're going to be talking trade deadline. Should the Vikings be buyers? Should they be sellers? And we're going to be getting back to talking about some football. We are going to have a special guest on tonight to talk to us about this matchup with the Cowboys. And uh, halfway through the show, he's going to replace Dave. So stick with us through the roll-in. We'll be right back to talk a little Vikings on In the Huddle. Welcome to Climbing the Pocket Network's In the Huddle, where your favorite Climbing the Pocket personalities get together and talk all things Minnesota Vikings. All right. We are back. We made it to the other side. And we're here to talk some football. We had a bye. We had some time. Maybe get out there with your family, spend some time in the outdoors. Well, we're back. It's Tuesday. Let's talk some Vikings. Uh, I guess I should start again. My name is Jason Brown. You can find me on Twitter at Brown Jason. And I am joined today by the man, the myth, the legend, the man who put the clamps on Adam Thielen, Miles Gorham, <laughs> wide receiver one. How you doing? How you been? What up? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Yeah, what you do for your bi- what do you do for the bye week? Did you uh take a break from football? What what, what were you up to? No, nah, I mean there's never really a break from football, right? Like I love watching football no matter what. Um I mean so I watch all the shitty games from Sunday, Monday. Uh There were a few. Not there were not hey, nothing was heartbreaking for me, so that's all that matters. Um <laughs> what did I do though? You know, hung out with the kids. Took took my uh, we took our kid to the uh, took our kids to the, the zoo. Those types of things. Nothing, okay. nothing crazy. I mean, we're pretty chill. Got some family life in there. Catching up to Nick Olson as the uh, the most wholesome person on TP. <laughs> Dave, how about you? <laughs> what did you do? I went my to week, no Vikes. Yeah, no Vikes, no shows. I took off and went to the. Um, renaissance festival in texas it's okay. supposedly the largest one in the country uh went on saturday texas, right everything's everything's, everything's big in texas. in texas yeah okay but it was huge it's like a theme park we spent probably eh, five hours there four or five hours and we didn't cover anywhere close to all of it maybe even half and it's it's literally big. It's like Six Flags or Disneyland type deal. Only it's all okay. Renaissance, and everybody's dressed up in corsets for the girls, and leather and swords, and all sorts of cool stuff. It was fun. How many turkey legs did you crush? I did not eat, believe it or not, the whole time I was there. That, Why? That's not where I would have put. Yeah, I did not <laughs> guess that. I would not have guessed that, Diff. It's it. it, it just I didn't. Now I did have a beverage or two, and uh, okay, enjoy. There that. we go. All is right with the world. Well, let's yeah. uh, let's hop into well, it. Dave, we, knew, uh, we knew that was coming. I, I wanted to yeah. hear about the food. We knew Dave had a beverage. Oh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've been to medieval banquets before, um, especially over in England and real castles and such. Uh, what we were allowed to do back then, I don't think you'd be allowed to do today. Um, okay, well, we might have to get to that after after the show. That doesn't seem like it'd be appropriate to get into on no, this family but show. But eating the food's the same. You get a spoon <laughs> and a knife. There's no such thing as a that, fork that seems, back in medieval days. It seems very inefficient. Well, let's hop to it. Miles, I know that you were heartbroken by the news. Stephen Weatherly, no longer oh, with the Vikings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how do you feel about it? How do you feel about it, man? It's my guy. No, I, it makes sense. I was I was going around uh, Twitter just kind of like speculating. I was like, did he ask for to be released or traded? Uh, and it just made sense. I mean, the guy was playing like seven, eight snaps a game in the last few games. He was getting phased out by Everson Griffin and DJ Wanham to go with uh, opposite uh, Daniel Hunter. And uh, we have a rookie in Patrick, third round pick in Patrick Jones who hasn't played, hasn't even dressed. So I mean, it, it kind of it just made sense. Like this guy, you could you could save. You know, I think Dave mentioned earlier. Look, I think that in total it was like nine hundred something thousand. But they'll because they're bringing somebody back or getting somebody added to the roster, kind of offsets. So you're more like saving like five hundred thousand. But so you're saving a little bit of money there. But you're not really doing anything other than just giving a guy an opportunity. Uh, but the one thing that they weren't going to do was release him because releasing him would have 
his, 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 he's a vested veteran at that point. So his contract was already guaranteed so that Vikings wouldn't have been able to save any cap at all in that, in that scenario. So um, they do save a little bit of money and, and I guess they kind of swap draft picks or they gain a seventh round pick back, but they give up a future one. So um, I don't know. <laughs> I think it was just trying to do Stephen Weatherly a favor essentially. And the Dave, Broncos, your thoughts on they it? don't have any linebacker depth. Well, I heard that they were trying to get Drew Locke as part of that deal, and the Broncos said no. But uh, is that real? Because that I don't, I don't know, know if, I if it's that. real or not. Um, and I didn't bother to check with anybody in Denver. Um, but anyways, I think it's good for Stephen Weatherly. I think it, they were doing him a solid, like you said. It hopefully will get uh, some playing time for Jones, maybe a few snaps. But I'm also hearing uh, Willikies will be the one that's brought up instead of Jones. And that sort of disappoints me because I think Jones has potential to be good. And I would like to see him get his But they don't, apparently, which is kind of crazy. I agree. I think it's that old mindset, he's a rookie, let's sit him. He's a seventh-round rookie or whatever he was drafted at. Um, Third. Let's sit him. I, it, to me, it makes no sense. I want to get him. I want to get his feet wet. Mm-mm. Even if you only well, play him six play wet, snaps a day game, right? I mean, just give him the snaps that you were giving to Weatherly. It's not going to mm-hmm. hurt. It's not going to hurt the team. It's just going to give you an opportunity to see what he's got. Unless they must like, they just must not have any trust in him, understanding the defense or understanding and, and having a cap- being a capable op- uh, player at that right now, which is kind of wild to me. I agree with you. It's wild. I don't get him in there. See how he does gets the run. See how he does gets a pass. I mean, you're only talking a few handful of snaps. It's not gonna. It's not right. that big a deal, especially if you put him in when they're way locked way back in the, you know, their own territory. Yeah. Well, let's talk about something maybe that's a little bit more fun than uh, than just Stephen Weatherly. And seventh round picks, even though we know that 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 Rick loves a seventh round pick, nobody loves him more than Rick does. But um, one of the things that the Weatherly trade got going was our imaginations. We had a trade, we had no football game to think about, and so it really let us spend some time spinning the wheels, thinking about other potential trade possibilities for the Vikings, players that might move from the roster, players that we might try to get in. You've heard you know, rumblings about you know Xavier Howard. Um, maybe some other uh, lesser-known cornerbacks being brought in. I've seen you know rumblings online around around you know players coming in from Houston who are obviously going to be sellers. And so I guess my question, and Dave, I'll start with you on this one because where the Vikings are right now, you know, they're three and three. Uh, by all accounts, they're one of the better 500 teams in the league based on their you know. Um, their point differential, PFF grades, how they're looking in and DVOA. We're looking to be like, you know, average, slightly above average team. Based on where we are this this year, based on where we had for the expectations, should the Vikings be buyers or sellers uh, going into this, you know, trade season? You know, it's November 2nd is when the deadline is. What do you think the Vikings should be doing uh, as we kind of head towards the trade deadline? With Patrick Peterson out at least until the Green Bay game, if not longer, he is 31. You'll find out as you get older, things take longer to heal. Um, I would I would suggest they go on a shopping spree for a corner. Now, will they? They don't have a ton of money to spend. Xavier Howard, I think, is a pipe dream. Doogie admitted today they're not even talking to Miami about that. That's a, I don't know how they could absorb his salary. They'd have to renegotiate and do some money tricks, which Brzezinski's the master at. But if they can find somebody decent off one of those selling teams like Houston, I think it's worth, worth the investment. How about you, Miles? Buyers or sellers? Where do you think the Vikings should be based on where they are and I mean, we know you feel you know, how you felt about the Vikings' performance today, that they've underachieved. But, I mean, they're still a talented team. There's still maybe some gaps that, you know, some depth pieces could come in, could help. What are your thoughts? How should they approach it with the trade deadline right around the corner? Well, I think the one thing we got to understand is that jobs are on the line. So the one thing they won't do is they won't sell. 
people could say like Stephen Weather was considered that that wasn't a sell. That was just them giving a a veteran that that's been around the team another opportunity that he wasn't getting here. Um, I think I think if they were to make another trade, it'd be it'd be to to bring somebody in, not to let somebody go. Um, like Dave said, like the the cornerback depth, you don't. Rick Spielman can say all he wants that they expect Patrick Peterson back by the Green Bay game. We have no idea what what to expect on that. Hamstrings are are tricky that way. Um, you really you really you really just don't know. So the if the Vikings want to be safe in this, making a low level trade, I think I think it was Bleacher Report or somebody mentioned uh, Vernon Hargraves from the from the Houston Texans, somebody to fill a, a veteran role um, in some capacity of depth at cornerback is probably the route they should go. Um, Vernon Hargraves is a name. I don't even know any other names, but like just another veteran. But somebody's cheap. You know, you have three six round picks. Uh, you now have a seventh round pick. So like, there's some there's some ammo to play with if you wanted to move one of those picks uh, for a cheap uh, veteran cornerback. So um, I mean, I think if they're going to make a move, it'd be that way. Uh, selling at this point just just it just wouldn't make sense. Rick and Zim both don't have the luxury to be like, all right, we'll just send some guys out and, and see how, and, and hope for the best. They just don't have that luxury. Does it depend on so this Sunday's game though? If the Vikings lose no, badly no, or if they win? I actually think because of how the NFC is gone, they view themselves as a really good chance at making the playoffs, no matter what, because you have teams like the 49ers, you have teams like, uh, Washington, uh, who else am I thinking of? Um, uh, Seattle, like those teams that you would you would consider like I guess quote unquote in the mix, those teams are lost and those teams are technically behind the Vikings in the standings. So the Vikings Vikings goal is to make the playoffs. I guess it doesn't for them it probably doesn't matter how they get in the playoffs. So their goal is just to make the playoffs. So um, to be a seventh seed and you got an extra game, even with the the gauntlet of, of games they have in the next four weeks, I think. I think no matter what happens on Sunday, they expect themselves to still be a, play- a playoff caliber team come week 18. Week 18. And uh, as Clifford is, is, know, is letting hate, us I know over that. here in the comments, Clifford's saying, seventh seed, here we come. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't even be mad at it. It feels sometimes like that's what we're striving for. But, um, I guess you could you see I know Miles you said we're not going to be sellers. Can you see any surprise players? Like I think we were all caught a little off guard with like Ngakwe a couple of years ago where they just kind of flipped him back. Like could you see like any other players who maybe they're not great but they're a name that people know that potentially could get moved at the deadline that might catch people off guard? If Patrick Peterson hadn't got hurt Maybe, but I just honestly, I, I don't, I don't see it. I, I'm like going through the roster. I'm like, they, they're not really deep at safety. They're not deep at corner anymore. They're not deep at uh, that linebacker. I mean, D D Westbrook, I guess is like <laughs> the only other name. Ryan <laughs> would die if that happened. I, and I don't even. I think that, like, I think D.D. Westbrook, for what they've asked him to do, he's done a good job. I mean, he's caught the ball, he's converted some third downs. He's a, he hasn't really done as much as you'd like in a punt return, but you know, he's their punt returner, so um, he's cheap too. So, like, again, getting rid of contracts, you also you also need to get rid of like cheap contracts. And um, Westbrook's the only other name. Herndon, I guess too. <laughs> I yeah. guess Chris Herndon. <laughs> There's a a slim possibility that maybe they try to shop him, but. With Ellison's injury, I don't even know where where he's at right now. Um, who knows what what the plan is there? But um, I don't think Rick would be and willing to eat, to eat that one. We got we got Nick Nick John saying that you know playoff caliber feels like a stretch, but the Vikings are sitting in the seventh seed right now. If the playoffs were to start today, the Vikings are the seventh seed at this point in time. In part because the the NFC is a bit top heavy. You know, you got some really great teams at the top. But once you get past the Rams, I mean, the Saints, do we think the Saints are a great team? Saints don't seem great. And then it's us. No, but they got an easier, and then it's, they got an easier path. Yeah. Yeah, easier path. But then after us, you got the Falcons, the Bears, Carolina, the 49ers. Like, the playoffs, like, if we don't completely pee down our legs, seems like 
It's going to happen. It's within the realm of possibility. 7 and 10, 7 seed. 7 and 10, 7 seed. I'm here for it. That's well, the jobs right there. Well, just like my old crew used to say, we're king of the dipshit teams or the worst of the best teams. That's where the Vikings that, have fallen that, that, all these years, except for 2017. Yep. I mean, we're bang average right now. If you're looking at most power rankings that are forward-looking, we, uh, yeah, we're 16th, 17th, 15th, kind of in in that range. And so it brings us to the next thing, and we will have someone on shortly uh, to represent for the Cowboys and let us know from their perspective how we match up. But as we start to look ahead, a lot has been made of the next stretch of the Vikings schedule that starts with the Cowboys. But before we get there, Miles, I've also seen a bit of revisionist history as we look back on the Vikings and the schedule that we've played to date. Because going into the season, all of us thought the Bengals game was going to be a pushover. We thought that was a game we should win. We lost in heartbreaking fashion. But the Bengals are now the number one seed in the AFC. So with that in mind, and the way some of these other games have fallen over the course of, of the season after we've played teams, does it change at all what you think about the Vikings no. as you look back now thinking like, oh, they should have won that game. The Bengals are a layup. Maybe the Bengals are a good team. Like as you start to play back some of the opponents, does it feel any different for you? Yeah, I mean, yes, the Bengals are a good football team. I said this in our group chat. The Bengals just get the Vikings just get to add the Bengals name to the list of another good team the Vikings can't didn't beat or couldn't beat because. But should have. It's just another good team they could they should have yes hundred percent and but the part I'm sick of is getting is going down the road of. Oh, the Vikings should have beat this team. They should have beat this good team, and but they didn't. But they turn around and and do those same things and barely beat the shitty teams: the Carolina Panthers, the Detroit Lions. They're playing the team similarly, but they're not winning those games. So that that's the issue I'm running into. So no, I I don't think it changes oh anything. Goodness. And look at this through the magic of technology. Dave is no longer Dave. And well, we Dave can go back here. if you need me. <laughs> we got See Paul, Dave. Your old news. Your right. old news. We See got ya. Paul in here. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dave. I don't need to do that. That's quite all right. They'd rather listen to you than me. Hey, Dave did the and, Chris uh, Collinsworth, the reverse Chris Collinsworth. He just slid out. Yeah, just slid out. He's out of here. And like now, we're excited. First time doing this on the show. Live swap. Mid live show. We got Paul Catalina. Joining us today, uh, he represents the Believe Podcast Network. He hosts their Cowboy Show. So what better person to come in here and talk to us about this matchup from a perspective that maybe we don't know? Paul, how you doing, man? How you been? I'm doing great. And you, you notice on the graphic that I am, I'm the second. I mean, I'm the host, but I'm the second tier. Danny White. Three NFC championships in a row. That's that's the that's the bread and butter of the show. But uh, but yeah, it's I'm doing great and uh, happy to be back off the bye week. And always love getting to watch uh, my guy Dalvin Cook, who uh, I'm a Florida State grad, so I I love him unconditionally. And even though my girlfriend will not allow it, we're going to name our firstborn kid if it ever happens, Dalvin. I mean, it's going to happen. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. And Paul, get in there while you're here, write the name, write the name, your top billing. You're top billing for us, Paul. Awesome. Well, that's great. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Well, let's let's get into it because, you know, for Vikings fans, this Cowboys game, as we start looking at, like, this next part of our schedule, also coming off the bye, this is the part of the schedule where, like, we're looking at it as if things are starting to get really tough for us. And so you see what the Cowboys are doing. Dak's back. They're throwing it all over the gym, putting up big points numbers. Uh, what are your thoughts and what are Cowboys fans saying about this matchup and what, like, how are you looking at things when you look at how the Cowboys team is going to match up with our Vikings team? Well, as a lifelong Cowboys fan and as someone who's professionally covered the team for the last 15 years uh, and has been in that locker room and seen ups and downs, this is the most excited I've been about a team in a long time, but it's also the most terrified because you you see there's a lot of things that they're doing they haven't done before like they have injuries and it doesn't matter they win they like you know 
Uh, Lyle Collins getting suspended last year, two years ago, would have sent them. That have been they'd have been on a three game losing streak, no matter who they were playing. But now, you know, Terrence Steele steps in, and after being terrible last year, he's been great. Uh, you know, no matter who plays in the defensive line, they managed to to get stops on defense. Trayvon Diggs uh, is a, just a revelation in dominance back there, intercepting a pass every week and pick sixes and all that. Not to mention, look, you lose Michael Gallup, and here you go with you know Cedric Wilson steps in very ably, and plus they already had Coop and Ceedee Lamb, and you know uh, all these guys coming in and, and playing well. Tony Pollard's been great. Uh, Zeke's been Zeke again, so there's nothing really that bad to say about them. But matchup-wise, especially given what happened against the Patriots where Damian Harris ran right at the Cowboys, and that was the most successful thing that people did on them, uh, Dalvin Cook is a bad matchup for them. Heck, Alexander Madison, if Dalvin Cook you know, were to leave the game, would be a bad matchup for them. You've seen what happens when Madison comes in plays really, really well. So uh, I think this is a, a tricky matchup, and Kirk Cousins knows the Cowboys from playing them twice in the division back when he was in Washington. But I um, – but, you know, I, I think in – and unlike what – I know what you guys go through. You, there's good Kurt and there's bad Kirk you know, whatever it is. And if you get good Kirk Cousins, this is going to be a fun one. I think it's going to be an interesting game, but they're going to have to match the Cowboys scoring for sure. And uh, that's the thing that we've all been thinking about in this matchup is your weapons against the Vikings defense. And coming off last season, it was something that was really terrifying for us because it was an uncharacteristically awful defense for the Vikings. We started to move our way back to an area that feels a lot more respectable as the Vikings defense is playing a bit more like we would expect a Zimmer coach defense to, to play. Uh, how are you expecting the Cowboys to look to exploit the Vikings defense in this matchup? Well, I think what they do to, to everybody, regardless of who it is, and I know that there's really good players on that Vikings defense, but I think that what they'll do is they're just going to come at you with weapons. You know, it's just what can you – what – what are you going to risk not covering and trying to make the Cowboys beat you? That's how they kind of attack the defense. And so if you watch the last couple of games, especially against teams that are, you know, below them talent-wise, they're close in the first half. You know, and of course the Patriots game probably shouldn't have been as close as it was, and that one was a weird one, but they were kind of dominating that game in many aspects before, you know, the Patriots got back in it. Um, but they they're close. And then once they figure out what, okay, you're not going to cover Dalton Schultz? Well, third down, third down, third down, Dalton Schultz. Okay, well, you're going to double C.D. Lamb. Well, that means that Amari Cooper is going to be open. Well, you've got everything accounted for across the field. We're going to throw a, they're going to throw a pass to Cedric Wilson on a little you know, seven route on the sideline. He's going to make a big play. So it is just lulling you into what do you want to stop. The Patriots sold out to stop the run. It almost worked. The Bucks stopped the run, and I think that's that's probably why the Cowboys ultimately lost that very close game. The Patriots sold out to stop the run, but if you do that, that means that Dak Prescott can have himself a day, and so there's there's really no good answers if you're an opposing defense on the Cowboys. You just kind of have to hope it's an off day because their offense is so, so explosive, and there's so many weapons, and Dak has gotten so good that it doesn't even matter who's playing wide receiver. Like he, Noah Brown, who used to just come in on running plays because he's the best blocker and he was on special teams, is catching 25-yard passes. Like what, What's going on here? So, Miles, I'm going to put you on the hot seat. And, and, well, what are you doing in that yeah, situation? Yeah. I was just going to say I love the way the Cowboys have started to utilize Tony Pollard too. I think, I think Tony Pollard's a, a really good – um, blueprint for what, the way the Vikings should try to use Kenny Nuangwu, the Vikings rookie running back uh, that they drafted in the fourth round. He's got speed for days. I mean, he was coming off an injury, so we'll see how, how he's eased in if he gets to play at all. But um, like the same way Paul is saying the, the way the Cowboys should attack the Vikings, the Vikings should turn around and do the same thing to the Cowboys. They have the same kind of weapons. You have a great running back. You have great. You have you have two really great receivers. I think you know obviously uh, uh, Michael Gallup's hurt, so. I would add him into the mix, but he's obviously not going to be there. So, um, you know, two great receivers for both teams. Um, I think the Vikings and, and uh, Cowboys tight ends are probably similar. I think I'd give the edge to Dalton Schultz, but uh, Tyler Conklin's no slouch. Um, obviously, the old line's the only. It's probably the key. The key difference. I would say Kirk Cousins 
is playing really well, and he has been playing well this whole season. So I'm not going to say I think Dak's a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins. I would you you won't ever hear me say otherwise. But um, I think Kirk can can throw with the best of them when he's when he's playing well, and he has been playing well. So um, I think the way things go, the Vikings should be trying to attack and be aggressive uh, toward the Cowboys' defense the same way the Cowboys' offense is going to be attacking the Vikings' defense. But we know the Vikings are going to take the blueprint of what. Um, of what the the Patriots did, and they're going to try to run the ball down their throats, and they're going to try to win that way. And I mean, Dalvin Cook, I mean, it, it's obviously Dalvin Cook, so you don't blame them for getting him in the ball. But I would like to see a little bit more focus on attacking the edges and and um, and stretching the the Cowboys defense out a little bit more. Well, and look, the Cowboys defense has played well, but they're not by any stretch of the imagination dominant. I mean, look, that you know, save for Trayvon Diggs and Randy Gregory, you know. You know, Micah and Micah Parsons, who's really making plays over and over again. I mean, they're good. Right. Osa Odigis has been a you know a really uh, nice nice piece to add at defensive tackle, the third round pick that they had. He's played really well. Uh, you know, and they haven't had Neville Gallimore, who was supposed to start at that position all year long. He got hurt in training camp. They haven't had Tank Lawrence, which Lawrence and Gregory together will be nice because let's face it, the Cowboys they could lose all the rest of them except winning the division and they'll go to the playoffs because their division is booty. It's just terrible. Uh, so <laughs> they'll win that. They'll, they'll win that division. You know, they can get really cold and still win it. So I, I think that, uh, you know, having those guys back for the playoffs would be great, but there are going to be problems in a team like the Vikings, you know, when you talk cook and Thielen and, you know, Jeff, all these guys that they have, that's bad matchups for, for anybody, especially the Cowboys. Now, can Trayvon Diggs, you know, make one of those, uh, you know, make Kirk Cousins do one of those Kirk Cousins things where he, he trusts himself too much and throws a pick six. Like that's what they hope. That's how they've, they've kind of been turning the tide and then they make teams desperate. I think that's the thing is, you know, you have this great offense and then you turn around and here you've got Trayvon Diggs, running pick sixes back, now you make teams desperate. So they, they kind of have to abandon their game plan. If the Vikings, honestly, if I was do, if I was Mike Zimmer and everybody in the Vikings, I would just keep calling Dalvin Cook's number until those corners walk up a little bit, and then I'm going Thielen, Thielen, Jefferson, whoever wants the ball, and making the Cowboys really work for it. I'm not abandoning the run until the Cowboys are up to a point where it can't, but sometimes – Teams get down 10 or 14 to the Cowboys. and like, well, that's it. We can't run anymore. Well, it's just two scores, man. Like, they can't stop it if you do it. So that's when the Vikings have been at their game. best, though, Paul. Like, yeah, Jason, I was just going to say real quick. The Vikings are, are the best when they're down because that's when they actually start playing aggressive. You'll see a lot yeah. of – they'll probably script their first drive where they'll be aggressive. But then after the game settles in, they'll slow themselves down and try to slow the pace of the game down but they'll take away their shot plays and they'll take away some of the, the deep play action and, and those things. And that's what frustrates me the most is the Vikings, when they get desperate, that's when they played their best because they're like, oh, shit, we finally actually actually need to win the game, not, oh, we seem to keep, keep the game close. And so, yes, I, I'm, I'm with you, Paul, because it wouldn't surprise me at all if Kirk threw a pick six because we haven't seen it this year. And Trayvon Diggs is the perfect type of cornerback to even get picked on a little bit, but then for him to get his revenge at some point in the game pick six and and then the Vikings are playing scramble and hurry up mode. Um, but that's when the, the Vikings have kind of, yeah, that's when they've gotten more aggressive this season as of, you know, compared to recent years. Yeah. And I wanted to just ask you about uh, Trayvon Diggs. Cause he's someone that obviously like the pick sixes, they, they get a lot of, uh, of shine, but when you start to dig into like some of his advanced uh, stats and his PFF grades and some other things, uh, it paints a picture of maybe a sh- more streaky player than the highlights would have led us to believe. Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on him, and how do you see him matching up with the weapons the Vikings are going to be throwing at him? Here's the deal. I, I've made peace with the fact that he is going to lose some battles because he's aggressive. I think you have to do that. And the Cowboys for years have struggled to create turnovers. So – it's the it's the route they have to go, and some part of me thinks that sometimes Trayvon Diggs will let you complete a big pass on him so that you try it again and think like, oh, all this has been a fluke, and then you know he's got the best hands of any cornerback you're ever going to see. He doesn't if the ball's in his range where he can catch it, he's going to catch it. It's not going to be 
he's not one of those guys who wound up a DB because he couldn't catch. He wound up a DB because it was the best thing for him, and Nick Saban put him there. So uh, I I think that, yeah, there's going to be some times that, that where, you know, receivers will beat him. And to be honest with you, if you look at the receivers he's faced since the Bucks game and the Bucks had the most success over him, you know, he hasn't faced anybody like Dillon and, and Jefferson. He hasn't, he hasn't done that. Uh, you know, there's some good ones, but you know, the Patriots, you know, who, who's their, you know, Kendrick Bourne or, you know, uh, Jacoby Myers. I mean, that, that's, you know, and then the Eagles have, you know, Devonte Smith, who's, who's been pretty good, but you know, he, he's still a rookie and um, you know, I, you know, I guess the Mike Williams, Keenan Allen combo when they played the Chargers is, is pretty darn good, and they, they did a good job on them. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think he's faced anybody that's that's maybe as good week in and week out. You know, the Giants had no one when they faced them. I mean, they've, uh, they had no one going in. They had less people coming out. So, uh, yeah, they haven't – this is the you know toughest team they've played in a little bit. So, I, I expect to see him lose some battles. And then I expect to see Kirk Cousins to try over there and then – maybe get a pick or at least knock the ball down and go, oh, well, that's why you don't throw over there. So, but it's, it's worth it because again, for years, uh, just how the Cowboys don't get fumbles. They don't get interceptions, nothing. There's no turnovers, games, six, seven games between turnovers. You'd be sitting in the press box, they recover a fumble and everybody turn around and like, oh my God, did, did they just recover a fumble? How did that happen? And then you watch the replay and it wasn't even anything that they did well. It was just this guy dropped the ball and you know, the fat defensive line from the Cowboys. Oh, there it is. I got it. Yay. Me got ball. I mean, that was how it was. It wasn't anything they were doing scheme wise. So it, it wasn't, it wasn't that great. So uh, I think Cowboys fans will, will, will gladly give up getting burned a couple of times. If it means having game changing plays that, you know, counteract it. I love that. I had a quick question uh, for you, Paul. It's been asked. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead, Moss. I was just going to ask you about uh, ask about Dak Prescott and see and, and ask how he's doing. I I'm a Dak. I'm a, I love Dak. I think Dak Prescott's been one of my favorite quarterbacks. But um, I just you know how's he doing? I would prefer like a, a as close to fully healthy Dak on Sunday because I want a good game. But you know I'm sure you know obviously if the Vikings get a get a W because he's limping a little bit, I don't think we'll complain either. Yeah, I I think he's going to be okay and. You know, they, they, I, you probably won't see as much Dak running the ball as you normally would because you know he's only had a you know a couple weeks to, or even just kind of a week or so to heal that calf up. But they didn't seem too worried about it. You know, there were pictures going around on social media the other day of him at a country music concert wearing cowboy boots and kind of dancing around. So I don't think the Cowboys would would really kind of let him go and do that if he was. Uh, if he was in any kind of trouble, I, I think that they, uh, you could like, there's a very clear cowboy injury speak when they're really concerned. You know, they, first of all, they don't let, if the guy's really injured, they don't let him talk to the media and they let Dak talk to the media. So uh, that's been going back no matter what the coach is. So he's been talking to the media and saying he's fine. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't think he's really all that bad. And then the other thing is, if a guy is really hurt, you'll hear the cowboys say the term four to six weeks which means something is torn, something is broken. Um, you know, maybe he's dying. We don't know. We know that, we know that one. Weeks. It's a tweet. It's a tweet. We, we know that one. We know that one well. <laughs> yeah, four to six weeks. Oh, probably four to six weeks, which is they know it's bad, but they're hoping for a doctor with a second opinion. Be like, no, no, no. You see here, that's just that was just a smudge <laughs> on the MRI. No, they they that's when they know it's bad. So, Paul – Outside of the uh, the Cowboys' run defense, what has you most worried about this game? Um, the Cowboys' pass defense. Uh, the fact that they get a little too risky <laughs> on special teams. You know, like the Cowboys' defense does. They do, and, and I'll tell you, the Cowboys are going to lose a game this year. And the Dallas media will go bat shit crazy about it because Mike McCarthy – did something like went for it on fourth and seven at his own 38 yard line, you know, um, in the second quarter up a touchdown and lose game because that turns the whole thing or, you know, whatever. And, uh, or they fumble the, like, you know, 
they go for a fake punt and fumble the ball, you know, something like that, when they don't need to do that because they're too aggressive. I think that's probably my biggest concern with the Cowboys is that they're going to play a good team that when they're aggressive is going to capitalize on it and make it happen. For example, with the Patriots, you know, they, they put the Patriots in the game at the beginning by going for it fourth and one at their own 34. And now I didn't begrudge the decision. It was maybe not so much a bad decision. It's just a bad angle by Zeke on the run and a great play by the Patriots. But sometimes when you've got a team that can score on most every drive, you don't have to, you can punt sometimes. And, and I think, you know, a team like the Vikings is starting to play better, uh, you know, maybe punt. You know, live to live to play of the day. But other than that, I think that you know, um, the uh, the special teams does they get a little kind of risky on special teams, and uh, that that always kind of worries me. Yeah. So we've talked about Diggs. We've talked about Dak. We've talked really about the players that have a national spotlight on the Cowboys. Who are the players that maybe we don't know about that could have an impact on this game? Uh, you know, Anthony Brown's been playing really well on the other side of, of Trayvon Diggs uh, for for what is expected of him. I don't think it much was expected of Anthony Brown. Um, I think uh, J. Ron Curse has been fantastic, and uh, oh, we know him. Is, we know him. You know him well. Uh, he he wasn't he wasn't good when he played for the Vikings. <laughs> he wasn't good when he played for almost anybody. And all of a sudden, he's playing for the Cowboys, and Dan Quinn's made him good, and Al Harris. So. Good, good for them. But that was a guy I think they brought in as a camp buddy who's now one of their best defensive players. Um, you know, uh, I think we're starting to see a little bit uh, more of what's expected out of Malik Hooker, uh, and he's just coming off of injury. Um, so those guys flying under the radar a little bit. You know, and, and look, Trayvon Diggs is going to get all the press, you know, because of what he does. Um, you know, uh, Micah Parsons is going to get all the press, but. You know they, they've they've got they've gotten you know contributions from you know lots of different guys uh, throughout the season. You know, um, it was Chauncey Golden, uh, one of their draft picks, a third or fourth rounder. I think he's one of their third rounders. Has stepped in very well in the in the absence of of Demarcus Lawrence. So those are the kind of unsung guys, and um, you know, and an offense. I think I mentioned him earlier, Terrence Steele, the right tackle, who's played. Yeah, in uh, during Lyle Collins' suspension for just being stupid, uh, you know. But they want your pee. Go give him your pee, man. Like, what's gonna happen? Nothing. You're just being lazy. He'd be. You know? He'd be like, back. He'd be back by now if he wasn't stupid too. Like he could have accept, yeah, accepted the suspension and he would have been back already. Yeah, I mean, trying to bribe the the person you know I, I guess i think the the thing that makes you feel good is you hear a lot of shady things about the nfl this thing is going on with washington it's really weird and and crazy that you know you have all these emails and the whole scope of the investigation is how daniel snyder runs things and the two people who've gotten in the most trouble are adam schefter and john gruden who don't work for washington so uh, but it does make me feel good that the integrity of the uh, drug testers in the NFL program is unflappable. <laughs> they won't take a bribe <laughs> from Kyle Collins. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Well, I think we've covered most of the things that we we wanted to get into here. Really, the last thing that we need from you before we let you get back to enjoying your evening is. A prediction on how you see this game going, so a score prediction, and then like a bold prediction for anything kind of fun, crazy that maybe folks aren't thinking about that might pop off in this game. All right. Um, I will say I think the Cowboys, I think this game comes down to the fact that Dak is is better than Kirk Cousins because across the board, you guys have kind of said it, I mean, they kind of match up well. I mean, offense, defense is kind of the same. I think the difference is that Dak is – you know, here to, you know, to, to Kirk Cousins and probably make some plays in the end. Cowboys win by 10, I'll say 38, 28. Uh, and uh, uh, I think a wild thing that you'll see in this game is that uh, Cedric Wilson will throw a touchdown pass. Oh, I love that. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And uh, before, before, 
Before we do the magic of having Dave and Paul swap places once again, Paul, tell the people where they can find your podcast and any other work you're contributing to uh, covering the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, well, uh, they can find the podcast on uh, on a couple places. Anywhere you get podcasts, Believe in the Cowboys. Uh, and uh, follow me on Twitter at Paul Catalina. And they uh, they can get it there. I uh, My real job is I work for 365 Sports. We have a you know, a, a YouTube and sports radio outfit here in, in Waco, Texas, where I live. Uh, we cover college football and the Cowboys and, you know, pretty much everything. But we're kind of our focus. And you can find us on YouTube at 365 Sports. We have an NFL page where you can watch watch the podcast with me and Danny uh, and then watch my daily show from 3 to 6 Central uh, every day on, uh, on the 365 Sports uh, main page. Love it. Love it. We will definitely link to that in the show notes and on YouTube. So uh, thank you so much for, for making the time. I'd say good luck, but I would not mean it. So uh, here's to like limited injuries. No one getting hurt yeah. Uh, yeah. on Sunday. <laughs> in, good, in good health and happiness, whatever happens in, in this game. There we go. All right, man. Thank you so much. Thanks, Paul. Anytime, guys. All right, David, right? And he's back. Just like that, David is back in here. Miles, what do you think? What do you have to say about the way Paul is describing this matchup between our two teams? Ooh, I think Paul is – and I don't blame him because the way the, uh, the, the Cowboys have been playing, he sounds very confident as a fan. You know, you know, you know when a, a fan base sounds confident about, about going into a game – he sounds uber confident. That I'm not sure. The Cowboys. I'm not gonna, sure what that's like, actually. <laughs> I don't. It's been it's been a long time, but he he really does. Like you can hear the confidence, and he even started off the show by saying, "It doesn't even matter what happens with with injuries. Dak's just winning football. Dak and you know the rest of the Cowboys are winning football games. They're they're just finding ways to win football games, and they're beating good football teams. They're um, they're finding a variety of ways to beat teams, and so." Um. Yeah, I don't blame him for being confident. I can't sit here and say I think the the Cowboys will beat the Vikings by ten. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys won the game, but at the same time, I can understand why. Yeah, I can I can understand why he'd be confident the way he is. But I just don't being at home for the Vikings and just coming off the bye week two. I just don't think. The Vikings will let the game get out of hand. I don't think 10 points is completely out of hand, but I just don't see the Vikings letting in the game get out of hand uh, and and be that confident and that comfortably close of a, or uh, I should say, win for the for the Cowboys. How about you, Dave? Oh, I agree with Miles 100%. I agree with Miles 100% completely. And the problem with that confidence is there's always a fall. And there's, you know, that one game where it just doesn't pan out. And I'm hoping that Sunday, with our crowd, and you know they're going to be primed before the game, they'll have all day Sunday to be lubricating. And they're not the only ones, so will I. But they'll be ready. And we know that home field advantage has gone away in a lot of the NFL but it hasn't at U.S. Bank. Our fans make the difference. They're loud. They're boisterous. Yes, Dallas has a great offensive line. I'm jealous, right, of those guys. But we have a decent defensive line. And with uh, possibly Michael Pierce being back, that makes it even better. So, we do have a chance of beating this team, and Mike Zimmer tends to plan better for better teams like this. And he's beaten McCarthy before, so hey, I'm not going to give all that confidence to Dallas. That would make me physically ill. No way. But we can't. We can't act like we're the only team coming off a of bye and the only one. No, they're coming off a bye too. Like, they prep for two weeks. Exactly, as well. exactly, and that's and that's the difference. Typically, you're playing a team where you're the one coming off the bye, and they're coming off a game. So there's a little bit of an advantage there. The both teams should be well rested. So I'm excited to see how both teams come out. 
It'll be prime yeah, time, baby. Yeah. We'll all get to watch it live. Oh, yeah. I you hate, are correct. Looking I at hate this watching past blocking Oh, <laughs> that offensive line, they they've, got, quite, they've got guys they are that are good. ranking 90s. Scoring yeah, they're, 90s are doing PFF. quite well. Mm-hmm. It, it would be nice. But Clifford did raise a great point there that looks like turnover luck has gone the way of the Cowboys so far this season. And we know that's usually about a 50 50 sort of thing. And so, yeah, it's a fickle we've had thing. some things maybe not bounce our way. So maybe this is the time. This is the game. This is when uh, you we've know, had, Kirk we've had to show turn- all we've, we've, we've also had We've also had turnover luck as well, though, outside of the Cincinnati game. We're plus two. Dallas is been plus a- seven on the season. And those seven are all trade also. Picks. Yeah. I was going to say they've also turned the ball. They, they create turnovers. The Vikings don't create as many turnovers. Now, yeah. I have a question for Miles with um, – Peterson out, obviously, we're going to see Tiny Dantzler play. We found out this week that he lost 15 pounds. While... Actually, it's, it doesn't sound like it was 15. It sounds like okay. that was misquoted. It sounds like it was he lost weight. 15 was, it sounds like 15 wasn't the actual number, but still he did lose weight, which for a guy like him to lose weight is not It's not <laughs> good, not but will it make him a little bit faster if he put on the wrong weight in the first place? Well, I don't think he lost good weight either, though. Right. So, so I don't. I don't think that changes much. I think as long as, he, as long as he's healthy. I mean, it's a good. This is a really good test for both Breland and and uh, Dancer. I actually think I'm more worried about our cornerbacks than I am the Cowboys because I don't think the Vikings cornerbacks are as good as the Cowboys, and for obvious reasons. But um, are we playing more? Cover I think two? this is a really good. Yes, I think I think what Zim will do is Zim will do a little bit more to protect those guys than had they had Patrick Peterson. Then he didn't need to protect them as much because Peterson was playing so well. Um, he's going to have to protect him, but they're also going to have to put those guys in situations where they're on an island with Ceedee Lamb against Ceedee Lamb against Amari Cooper, and both those guys are they're great, just like the Vikings wide receivers and Cedric. Both Wilson. those guys are they great. They got three good receivers uh, and Cedric Wilson, yeah, and Dalton Schultz. Like they they have some weapons. I think Tony, like I said earlier, I think Tony Pollard's a, a guy that I'm a little bit more worried about than people are even even talking about because the way they've been us- utilizing him and and his explosiveness is uh, is something that does worry me against this defense. But um, yeah, I, I could see them going the opposite of what the Vikings will do. I could see them spreading us out because Pat, a guy like Patrick Peterson is out and trying to figure and and just kind of carving things up for a little while. So. Um, not that the Vikings can't do that too, but I just don't see the Vikings doing it unless they had to. All right. Well, we've covered all the things. We got a full day of red zone before we get to watch the Vikings in prime time. Uh, yeah, that was fun. David, that was fun to do on Sunday, here. by the way. I like Dave, uh, bold prediction. Score prediction. What are you thinking? How's this game going down? I give my score prediction on... Vikings happy hour tomorrow night. I have, however, called the game, and the game will go to the Vikings. Okay. Game to the Vikings. Anything fun, crazy that we're not expecting that you're expecting that that you're going to predict is going down in this game, Dave? I expect uh, multiple sacks and pressures against Dak like he's not seen so far this season. Oh, okay. And that's Miles, against that, that offensive line that I drool over. Yes. Miles, what are you thinking? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> the the you know the I, I said this on a different on a different show like a few weeks ago. What bothers me is the Vikings have put me in a situation where I just don't know. Like typically I I I'd, I'd have a little bit more confidence. I do think they're going to play them well. I do. I I think I said it before the Panthers game. It's going to be a close game. Uh, who swings which way and who wins? Who ends up winning the game? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, I'll say thirty-one so twenty-eight. Okay, another one-score game. I'm just I, saying yeah, you're picking another one-score. Yep. I can see this, it being team, a one-score game. Has, this team has done nothing for me to feel otherwise, and so um, yeah, thirty-one twenty-eight. 
I'm going to say Vikings just because I think the home field advantage, uh, I think that I think they've earned that opportunity to have the home field advantage because it does matter. I can see the Sultan of the comeback this season, Mr. Cousins, doing it again in the fourth quarter. How's that for a hot take? Careful, Dave. We're boarding on hubris here, but we'll take it. <laughs> and that's it. That's all. That's the show. And I will say, Clifford, shout out to Clifford, because Clifford will stay like a fan is supposed to, roasting the Vikings nonstop in the comments the entire show. But when it comes time to make that pick at the end, Clifford's letting us know it's 34 34 Vikings, 27 Cowboys with his whole chest. I love it. Double doink. He's on the miles train. You know, one one score game. Vikings win with the field goal. He got the shootout, though. He's got the shootout, yeah. though. Like <laughs> The shootout. Vikings winning on a field goal. Maybe we're going to run out. Speed drill with the kick to win it at the end. But I love it. Love the confidence. Vikings fans coming through. Can't wait for the game. Thanks for coming through. And that's it. David, you're already hey, here. Hey, wait a minute. So I didn't hear your prediction for tomorrow. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't make predictions. <laughs> I, make predictions. <laughs> no. I I'm going to go with this one. I think... Um, Shit, I'm trying to think. Like every time I pick the Vikings to win, have they won? No, I'm gonna go. I think that the uh, I feel like the Cowboys are gonna edge us in this one. Um, Everybody last I think night it is picked be the Cowboys except game. for me. Yeah. So I think it's gonna be. Let me go 34, 34 28 Okay, Cowboys. Hey, Pat. But I don't there think it it's gonna happen. So maybe flip that around. Now, tomorrow well, I night, you're correct. Tomorrow night, we have Vikings happy hour because, hey, climbing the pockets off the bye this week. And we have another third in a row Cowboys expert coming. Tomorrow night, we are having Football Girl. That's what she calls herself at the Football Girl. If you look on Twitter, you will find her. Her name is Sarah. She's an avid Dallas Cowboys fan, and it will be fun to have her on drinking and having a good time and talking football. And I've already gotten questions for Vikings hot take takes, Viking hot takes from uh, our buddy and pal, the great Flip Muzzy. So that'll be on Thursday. And then Saturday, you got two old bloggers. I already talked to Darren this week. We have a full lineup for you and everybody to talk Vikings purple. Any last word, guys? David's fired up. Skull. Play the music, Dave. Ready to roll. Skull Vikings! Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell. And if you're listening on your favorite aggregator, make sure you rate us. And always feel free to join the conversation here at Climbing the Pocket. Skull, everybody. Skull.